Good afternoon, everyone. It is Friday, December 17th, 2021, and you're here for our usually almost, but not quite always, weekly uh, web. And now we're working on the podcast version of our uh, update for the Missouri Funeral Directors and the Bombers Association. As you can see here, I've, I've got a uh, on the board, run for the border. That's going to be the topic of our uh, talk here today. But before I get to that, we've got some news items that I think some people might be interested in. First off, some funeral homes are getting a letter from our good old friends, National Prearranged Services, the receivership, National Prearranged Services, um, regarding claims that your funeral home may have made against the receivership. A little background. Way back when, when National Prearranged Services was going under, they went into what's called receivership. That's kind of like bankruptcy for financial institutions and insurance companies and things like that. And although National Prearranged Services was based in Clayton, Missouri, the insurance companies they used to send the money to, where most of the money they collected uh, was sent to, were based in Texas. So uh, that is where the receivership wound up being based, down in Texas. Now, what was determined through the Texas receivership is as NPS went completely under, is that the NPS policies that a funeral home has, the funeral home would be paid the face value of those policies. Now, where did that money come from? Well, eventually you and everybody else, because the face value of those policies is being paid by the various state guarantee funds. Every state has a guarantee fund and that pays for uh, losses when an insurance company goes out of business. And so the face value of those policies are being paid by the guarantee funds. How are the guarantee funds funded? Where do they get their money? Well, they get their money from the insurance companies that do business in the state. So there's an annual assessment to all the insurance companies. And then when they get hit up with a big loss or something like that, they can do special assessments to the insurance companies. Well, that is built into the cost that the insurance companies do to figure out what their premiums are. So yes, there is in a very real way a hidden tax on every insurance premium you pay uh, because part of that money goes to the guarantee fund. So yes, uh, who pays for all those lost all that uh, money that's going out on the face value of the policies, the NPS policies, we all are. Well, funeral homes, in addition to the face value way back when, under the terms of the deal with NPS, were supposed to get an interest payment or growth, something above the face value. Well, poof, the guarantee associations don't cover that. That's not part of what they do. So that was gone. So what you had to do way back when, and we're talking a long time ago now, was make a claim against the receivership for that lost interest or growth. And then the receivership would try to collect assets from the company and for the companies that the company owned and for all the related companies and from the family that owned the companies and from the people who are put in jail that have to make restitution and so forth and so on. And then if there was any money left over after all that, you had a claim against it. Well, we helped all the funeral homes way back when on how to make their claims, make the claims. And the time period for making claims is long since passed, but it's 
just now that people are getting letters saying whether or not their claims have been accepted or not. Now, here's one that we got where it says that the claim uh, in the amount of $217,000 for lost growth and interest has been accepted. Well, does that mean that this person's going to get a check for $217,000? Uh, no, probably not. Because all that says is that the claim is accepted. They agree that NPS should have paid this funeral home $217,000 in addition to the face value of all the policies they had over the years. But if you read it very carefully, this is a class five claim, a class five claim. That means before we get to class five, they're going to pay out class one, two, three, and four. And there's subclasses under the one, two, three, and four with some of them. Well, guess who's ahead of class five? Well, the attorneys. Attorneys always make sure they're, they're high on the list. Um, but the big one, that uh, the expenses of the receivership uh, is higher than class five. But the big one is the state guarantee associations. All the state guarantee associations that have been paying out this money, they have a claim on all this money as well to be reimbursed, okay? So to replenish the guarantee funds, so maybe they don't have to make uh, special assessments against the insurance companies and so forth and so on. So they're higher than a class five on the list. Now, the receivership in Texas has gone out and collected money. They have been able to get some money from re-reinsurance companies, from other people that owed uh, national pre-arranged services money, and even some of the people who were convicted and put in jail were paying, you know, like $36 a month. Uh, yeah, you know, and restitution or something like that as part of their jail sentence. I forget what the number was. It wasn't very much uh, per month on some of them. Uh, and, you know, when you're figuring three, four, five, six hundred million dollars in losses, you know, it's going to take a while before they uh, before they get that all paid back. But nevertheless, the receivership has collected some money. So uh, there is some money there to be distributed. Will you or them get any of it? Well, stay tuned. We'll see. Uh, I do think there is a chance that some money gets to the funeral homes, but we're just going to have to see how much, how many cents on the dollar everybody gets. So don't get too excited when you get this letter. Don't go out spending the money. Wait until you get the check and wait till the check clears. In other news, um, our good friend, death certificate correction affidavits. We have gotten uh, confirmation <clears throat> from several sources that the uh, Missouri Department of Vital, Division of Vital Records, the Bureau of Vital Records, has now gotten all the way caught up on affidavit corrections through the end of September. That's right. They're just starting October. Um, one of the reasons for that is they got hit. Well, there's several reasons for that. Uh, they're a little short. They've been a little shorthanded. A couple of people that were in the uh, part that did death correction affidavits got promoted, which is good for them, bad for her, bad for the people <clears throat> that were getting correction affidavits from them, but good news for them. And they have hired some more people, but it's taken a while. Also, they got swamped. We were told uh, by a funeral home that talked with Vital Records that at the end of September, on one single day at the end of September, they got in 40 two correction affidavits from the St. Louis County Medical Examiner's Office alone. 
that's on one day, they got 42 of them. And that's in addition to all the other mail they get. And that's addition to me bringing over correction affidavits. And I usually bring over five or six a day. So they've been really swamped. So uh, as far as the death correction affidavits that you've mailed in or that you sent in through us, they're caught up through the end of September. It looks like they're starting October. As far as getting expedited emergency ones done, good luck. Uh, they are booked up solid uh, for that. Uh, you know, you still make your request. They'll try to fit you in and they'll try to fit me in when they can. But they've had a lot, a lot of people that want these expedited emergency corrections to death certificates because it's getting close to the end of the year and people want to do tax stuff or they want to close on a house or they want to clear out the accounts or close an estate before the end of the year. And they found out there's a problem with the death certificates. So um, all you can do is be patient, get your stuff in. And of course, don't trust the families <laughs> to give you the right information. Really try to do it right the first time. Really try to do it right the first time so you don't need to do a correction affidavit. Get documentation from the families on everything, name, address, social security number, and then double check your work to make sure that there's no boo-boos on there so that you don't have to do a correction affidavit in the first place. Now, getting back to our actual topic to the day, because we've had a lot of questions about this the last month, and that is crossing state lines. And there's a couple of very uh, interesting situations that pop up when we talk about the state lines, the Missouri border, when you go into another state. The first one has to do actually with the death certificates again. When you fill out a death certificate, there are several correct and legally recognized final dispositions. Burial, cremation, interment, donating the body, but only when the family's not going to get the body back, any of the body back. So if you don't, if the family donates the body, the, the whole body, and they're not getting anything back, okay, that is final disposition. But if they're, if it's just going for like uh, uh, bone uh, or skin or something like that, and the family's going to get the body back eventually, then the donation is not the final disposition. And the last recognized final disposition is removal from this state. Yes. Removal from Missouri, taking the body outside of Missouri is final disposition. So when you're filling out a death certificate and that body is going to be buried in Illinois, the technically correct final disposition to put on a Missouri death certificate is removal from this state. You don't put down burial at Mount Pleasant Cemetery in Illinois you should put down removal from this state. Now, historically, Vital Records has not rejected death certificates that say the body's going to be buried in another state because obviously it's been removed from the state, so they kind of accept that. We have heard rumors that that's going to stop soon and that, now we don't, haven't got confirmation on that, but we've heard a couple people say that they've heard from other people that that's going to stop soon. But whether it officially stops or not, I always suggest to people, if the body is going to be buried in another state, on the Missouri death certificate, you should put removal from this state as the final disposition. Why should you do that? Because when you fill out the death certificate, you are certifying that you 
are the funeral director in charge of the final disposition. And are you going with that body to Illinois or to California or to Texas? Are you going to be standing there and watching that body be buried? Usually not. So how do you know it happened? How do you know that that body actually got buried in Mount Pleasant Cemetery in Illinois or wherever? You don't, but you do know if you've made the arrangements that the body has left the state. So if the body is going to be buried outside the state of Missouri, the technically correct, and perhaps if rumors are true, the only way you'll be able to do it at some point, cause of death on the Missouri death certificate is removal from this state. Now, what about a body that's taken outside of the state for tissue, a bone, and then is brought back in the state? Well, you, no, that's not the final disposition because the, the family's getting the body back. So you don't have to put removal from the state in that case. In that case, it would be the burial or cremation uh, once the family gets the body back. Again, donating the body is not final disposition unless the family is never going to see that body again. Okay, if they're ever if they're going to get any of that body back, well, then final disposition is not the donation. It's what you do with the body when you get it back. So that's the first thing about the border. Okay, when the body leaves the border, that is final disposition. Second, I've had a bunch of uh, calls about um, funeral directors crossing state lines and doing things in other states. Well, I always tell people, I don't know what the laws in other states are on purpose. I don't know what the laws in other states are because I'm not going to give you any legal. I'm not going to tell you what the laws are in another state. Uh, I'm not licensed to practice in other states. And uh, I'm going to have to tell you to check with the legal people in other states. But as for Missouri, it is illegal. It is against the law for anyone to practice funeral directing in the state of Missouri unless they have a Missouri license. All right. I've had a couple people say, well, our county has a reciprocal arrangement with a county that's across the state line. And, and they we let their funeral directors come into our state and they let our funeral directors come to our, their state. Well, in Missouri, no, sorry. A county cannot say it's OK for unlicensed people to practice funeral directing in our state. They can't do that. Now, it's very easy for a, a, a funeral director in another state to get a reciprocity license in Missouri. All they have to do is pass the Missouri law exam. And of course, we have a class that helps people prepare for that every month. But no, a county can't just say, we're going to ignore state law. So uh, technically, technically, and the reason I say technically is because uh, I'll get to it in a second. For a, a, a funeral director from another state to come in and practice funeral directing in this state, if they don't have a Missouri license by reciprocity or otherwise, Sorry, a county can't say we're, we're not going to do that. The, the issue is, though, does anybody enforce that? Is anybody from the state of Missouri checking to see if, uh, if funeral directors from other states are doing things in Missouri they shouldn't be doing? And the answer is no, they don't. At least not that we can figure out. Now, if you're a Missouri funeral director and you try to go over to Illinois, and you try to do something over there and you don't have an Illinois license, well, they'll send the black helicopters after you. They'll be rappelling down on, on ropes with the SWAT team. Well, I'm exaggerating. But they, Illinois, from everything that we've heard here, they do protect their funeral directors from out-of-state people. 
they do come after people who try to uh, practice funeral directing in the state that don't have a license. Missouri, not so much. So there really is very little enforcement on this, very little enforcement on this. So again, uh, technically, out-of-state people should not be coming into Missouri and practicing without a Missouri license. Are they going to get caught? Are they going to get trouble? Very unlikely. If you try to go to another state and do it, can't help you. I know Illinois enforces it really well. Other counties, other states, uh, you're going to have to check with them. But uh, my personal uh, advice is unless you have a license in another state, or unless you have official documentation that it's okay for you to do what you're doing in another state, you're definitely putting yourself at risk if you do that. The other thing about crossing state lines we get is we have sometimes that funeral directors uh, have a family that wants to take the body themselves from Missouri to another state. They want to do that. Well, and they want to know if it's okay. Well, once again, uh, let's start from the very beginning. The next of kin has the absolute right to control the final disposition of the body, and they have absolute right to the control and possession of that body. So if the family comes to you, the funeral director, and say, I want that body in the back of my van because I'm going to take it somewhere, you as the funeral director need to give the next of kin that body. All right? Have them sign the release forms we have online because those release forms make it absolutely clear that from this point on, me, the next of kin, is now responsible for meeting all the laws and the rules, not the funeral director. The funeral director is no longer in charge. I am. That's to protect you. Now, is it legal for the family to transport a body? Well, you don't need a license to transport a body in Missouri. No license is required to transport a body. All right. What about crossing state lines? Well, once again, crossing state lines is the final disposition. So the Missouri death certificate certainly should say removal from this state is the final disposition. What about when that family who's transporting the body from here to Oregon crosses state lines? Can't help you. And I won't help you. I won't help the family. They're going to have to check with every single state from here to wherever their destination is to determine whether or not it's legal for them to be transporting that body. So it is definitely a risk for the family to do that. And that's another reason why you, if they're going to do that, if they're taking the body away from you and they're taking it somewhere else, you want to make sure they sign that waiver form that we have online, the release of the body form because that puts it on them, not you. So that's very, very important to try to get that done. So um, as they're transporting the body again, and even in Missouri, it's problematic because even though it is, you don't need a license to transport a body in Missouri. If you've taken over the body and you're doing on your own and you don't have a funeral director in charge anymore and you, and you as a family are doing that, and you get pulled over for running a stop sign and you have a dead body in the back of the van, I can pretty well guarantee you, you're not going to get where you're going on time. So let the families know that it's on them and it's, uh, they might want to think twice before they don't hire you, the funeral director, to transport the body. 
Because although they have the right to control that body in Missouri, they have the right to take possession of that body in Missouri, you must release the body to the next of kin if they request it in Missouri. And they don't need a license to transport a body in Missouri. A lot of bad things could potentially happen to them. And once they leave Missouri, well, they're going to have to on their own to check to see what the rules are. So that's what we've got today. That's our run for the border edition. It is, of course, the week before, just a week and a day before Christmas. All right. The office here in Jefferson City will be closed next Thursday or Friday. Depending on how things go, check your uh, emails and check the web pages. We might have a little uh, uh, Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve uh, video edition for you next Wednesday. Uh, we'll try to do that uh, weather and the internet willing. So until then, stay safe.